Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina. It's gone. Touchdown. What a hit. He makes it in. Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I'll watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined Brett Davis. Tanner once said, hey, Gamecock fans, welcome to the Final Four. Tonight, the ladies will take the floor at 9 p.m. Eastern in what is set to be a classic between South Carolina and Iowa. The stars are out. On the women's side, the men will go tomorrow, and baseball will go all weekend and now until October. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios and presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. If you're watching, you can look behind me uh, and you'll find that they can do pretty much everything. Uh, but they can also do the little things too, like tablecloths or car wraps or whatever it may be. They are Gamecock owned and operated. And if you need anything in that industry at all, if you own a business or anything that you could possibly dream of, like a baseball field that might need signs, it's Sinorama, Sinorama.com for more information. JC and Phil, and I'm JB. We're here until 1 o'clock today. We'll be joined in 10 minutes by Stuart Lake as he will look back on last night's Game 1 victory for South Carolina and ahead to tonight and tomorrow. And let's just see how far Carolina could take this thing. Every time they play, they seem to break another program record. Right now, times are good for the Gamecocks. So a lot to come on the baseball front. Uh, some things happened in the game last night we're certainly going to discuss today. The big leagues, they're underway. The Braves are on pace to go 162-0 and this season. That would be a record in Major League Baseball, so we'll certainly pull for them uh, to get there. Uh, we've got a big commitment coming up tonight. Uh, JC will fill us in on the recruiting front for Gamecock football and maybe where tonight some things could start kind of rolling in their favor once again. Uh, and as I mentioned, it's Final Four weekend. I love this setup, guys. Tonight is a two-TV night. Uh, if you are anything like me, the baseball on one side, hoops on the other, vodka in one hand, or bourbon, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Sorry I missed yesterday, but certainly glad to be back with the both of you. By the way, we'll also be joined today by Sawyer Nix 
as he uh, squeezes in uh, an episode of the Mental Edge right here on our program as well. But what's up, guys? Well, I don't often find myself allowing the chips to fall while I have a drink in one hand and two TVs on, though, JB. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you eat all the chips, don't yeah, you? That's right. Yes. <laughs> Not very many of them hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Hey, JC. Hey, how's it going? Um, good to be back today. And, uh, you know, certainly some anxious moments in the game last night. Um and, of course, uh, we will talk to Stuart Laker in a minute. I, I'm a little concerned uh, about the injury situation with baseball right now. Uh, but you quoted Coach Tanner at the top. I mean, what did he always say, win anyway? <laughs> uh, and all that. But Hornig's foot, uh, and I talked to John Whittle, and he has a report up on thebigspur.com. Yeah. It's a slight fracture. He can still bat but can't yep. run right now. Yeah. Um, they need that to heal up because they need him. And, and, and with McGillis out as well, you know, it, it, this team does have some depth. Obviously, Braswell had a nice game last night, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's start, it starting to it concerns me a little bit. Now, at least it's not pitching staff injuries because that that obviously was the bugaboo last year. Uh, but uh, certainly that, that was my biggest uh, takeaway from last night was, is Carson going to be okay, you know. Uh, but, man, Cole Messina continues to rip it. Uh, me and Phil had a talk yesterday about uh, the, the 1980s Braves were like the worst looking team in, 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 in major and uh, uh, you know, and all that. And, and, and Carson does not, is not at that level, but man, he's got that look, that slugger look with the long hair and the beard and stuff, you know? And so uh, I, uh, I really, uh, I'm not Carson Cole Messina has that look. And I'm like, man, that, that dude's a ball player. Uh, and he continues to, uh, knock the cover off of it and play really, really well. And uh, Ethan Petrie. And I mean, this is a, it's a good baseball team. And uh, last night, you know, there was some adversity toward the end. Mississippi state, very chippy to be a loser of 18 straight SEC games, but um, that's kind of the way the game's played now. Uh, And certainly looking forward to watching Iowa and South Carolina tonight. My feeling about that game, I said it yesterday here and on the Spurs up show. I I think Carolina wears them down. I do too. By the I second half, I, I think, you know, as good as Caitlin Clark is, you know, to have my little spiel about the good player versus good team. Um, I just, I, I, you know, you look at that Maryland squad last week uh, playing Don Staley's team and look, man, they were dragging by the end. I mean, they just, they just ran out of gas. I mean, they did not, they could not match Carolina's depth. And uh, I expect, uh, <clears throat> you know, some competitive moments early, but then after that, uh, they'll take it to them. The, the team that concerns me in this whole thing is LSU. Uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I I think, you know, with Virginia Tech, that's not a program that's been on this stage a whole lot. Uh, and, and LSU hasn't in a while, but Kim Mulkey certainly has. And uh, I think they've answered all their questions about their week schedule by getting to the Final Four. Uh, and I think they're a, a much, probably a much better team than the one Carolina uh, blew out uh, in Columbia. And you can bet they'll be ready if they happen to beat Virginia Tech tonight in advance. So that's my take on that. That's my hot takes, hot takes and sausage. Woo. And uh, now we get to Phil at Broadcasting School. Sure is paying off for you. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I am, I'm excited about the women's Final Four tonight, not just the Carolina game, Phil. Um, I'm excited to see LSU. I think we – 
as SEC folks around here have a great opportunity for the, the best two teams in the league to end up being the best two teams in the country on center stage. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I, I think today is just kind of a stepping stone to, to really kind of reemphasize what was a lackluster matchup uh, at the CLA earlier with LSU. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, don't get me wrong, it will not hurt my feelings if uh, Virginia Tech ends up pulling their win off mm-hmm. <laughs> heading into that. Yeah, because it was like, eh, eh, whatever, it's LSU. I still think they're a couple years away from really being able to truly compete uh, and then, of course, we get what I said yesterday was the, the flashiest player uh, tonight against the best player. Um, although, love to hear Aaliyah Boston's comments when asked about, you know, Boston versus Clark. And, of course, she handled it with such poison grace, you know, team game and all that. But, you know, it, it, this this means a lot to her tonight. Well, it does. And, and uh, the, you know, everybody's making a lot of um, Aaliyah and and. Caitlin, who Caitlin Clark picked up a uh, yesterday, picked up a National Player of the Year award, deservedly so. Uh, she's outstanding. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's not like they're going to be guarding each other. You know, I mean, these are two different players, and I, and I think that's a media thing that's kind of been overblown. But at the end of the day, you're still going to see the stars in the ball game, and Carolina's got a lot of stars. And Iowa knows it's not a secret. You, you kind of do need to to stop Aaliyah Boston. I think where where people miss. Um, they 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 kind of mis misdiagnose Aaliyah Boston publicly. The coaches certainly don't, but it's like oh you got to slow her down. You got to slow her. Down. You have to stop her from rebounding. You have to stop her. You have to stop her from manufacturing points. You get the ball in the paint with Aaliyah Boston. She can score, but she also knows how to find the open shot, and and that's really where it's hard to control her. And then it's also it's hard to control her on the boards. And she generally every game gives them eight to ten extra chances on the offensive side alone before you even get to the defensive side, you know, to put points back up in the hoop. So, you know, two different brands of basketball between the two best players in the country, if you ask me. And then you, you JC, you hit the nail on the head. I'm with you on um, uh, on um, what's her name, Angel Reese with uh, with LSU yeah. and and what they could bring to the table in the national championship game. So. Should be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, Carolina holds on last night in baseball to win six to four at Mississippi State. Uh, I think that uh, that that's who Mississippi State is. You know, you mentioned their chippiness, and I know we got to go because Stewart Lake's coming in. But that's that's Chris Lamonas. You know that yeah. he's not going to let them quit. You know they're they're well. He won't let them quit. If somebody quits, they're, they're quitting on their own. But, you know, they take on his personality. He got thrown out of the game last night. I don't blame him. The guy behind the plate wasn't very good at times. His zone moved for both teams. It was bad for Carolina at times. He wasn't given anything in the bottom of the strike zone. The ball that Messina hit out came after the ball that probably should have been strike three. Carolina had already missed on a couple of those, and it cost them a run. Uh, the league office royally screwed up. That HBP on Gavin Cassis, uh, you know, I just I continue to wonder how is this the best league in the country on and off the field, on and off the court, and all these amazing sports, but their officiating and their umpiring never gets better. I don't get it. I don't get it. But maybe Stuart Lake understands better than us, and probably better than most. So we'll hit a timeout, and when we return. 
Uh, Coach Lake will join us, give his thoughts on last night's game moving forward. And maybe he's got some thoughts on both Final Fours as well. He said he can't bet. Obviously, he's a school employee, but maybe he can at least pick a winner for us. So I, I didn't mention this, by the way, and you already saw one of the pictures. The 13 best and craziest ballpark foods list is out. And I've got a photo of the wildest ballpark food I've ever seen, ever. Mm. And I'm not going to tell you where it is, but we'll get to that a little bit later in the show as well. So we should have a lot of fun around here on a Friday. Everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. And, of course, joining us now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, none other than Coach Stuart Lake. Coach, good to see you. How are you feeling this morning? Feeling good. How are you guys catching up a little bit listening to y'all? So excited to spend a few minutes. Man. Awesome. Look, that hat, both King and Danny Lloyd promised me one of those hats two years ago, and I still haven't gotten it. Do you have any pull on the in the hat department? No, yeah, we'll see. This was a custom-made hat a few I years ago. I don't know if I got a few laying around anymore or not, but since I've become the hat guy on this show, I figured I'd bust out some new stuff every so often, or really old stuff, but new to the show. 
Uh, well, I and I actually talked to Danny this morning. I I meant to bring it up with him because wasn't it a parent or something that designed that hat? Coach yeah, it was. I forget whose it was. It was a couple of years ago, and instead of just making a donation, they kind of did this, gave it all to travel, and I think it was a garnet one and this black one. Well, uh, you know, promises unfulfilled, so that starts at the top. I'll take that up with Kingston. Actually, no, no, no. We know the drill around here. It's Coach Tanner's fault. No, so I'll blame right. Coach Tanner on that one. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, well, hey, Coach. So they win last night. Um, some A lot of stuff to unpack from game one. This is the first time we've had you after because they played on a Thursday. So you actually get to look back on something here. Uh, some, some, um, some hot takes, I guess, maybe. A lot to unpack in the game. Certainly some big hits. Uh, you know, Braswell comes through. How about Dylan Brewer last night? Petri and Messina, you know, you're almost getting used to it. They they go yard. Uh, so that's good to see. Left a left a lot of runs out there, too. Uh, there's no doubt. And then of course we you know, we knew going into the game that Eli was gonna get the go and, and Will Sanders is probably more than likely gonna have the whole weekend off. So uh, as, as you kind of un, unpackage, and we'll get to the HBP and limo getting tossed and all that type of stuff from last night. But as you kind of unpackage what you saw at the end of the day, Coach, it's another win on the road in the SEC, regardless of how good or bad that team's been playing. Yeah, I kind of came in in the middle. My son had a high school game, so I was following it on the phone. Got home about the fourth or fifth inning. It was 1-1, I believe, at that point when I got it on, so maybe the fourth inning. But yeah, a win, number one, it's always about the win and the runs. So I didn't even realize I don't have a box score in front of me as the game ends as I start seeing some people who must. I didn't realize 17 strikeouts, 14 left on base, those type numbers. So yeah. that's pretty incredible to be able to win on the road with those numbers. And I, But I did. I saw some big hits. I think Braswell is going to find himself in the lineup again. It's, you got to say the guy's taking advantage of every opportunity he's been given. And um, it was just any time you went on the road is big. And I know, and we'll talk about Mississippi State is struggling, but it's hard to win in Mississippi State. And I'm not sure on Thursday night and with them losing, their crowd was as intense as it has been, but still a really tough place to win. And when you do, you feel good about it. How about Eli and his start last night taking on that role on the road in the SEC? Yeah, you know, it's one of those nights, and I'm not sure the weather today. I saw where weather may be an issue there today. I don't know if y'all followed up with it. I know it's a 7 o'clock game, and if so, that would mean two seven-inning games tomorrow because if I think I'm right, I don't think they could stay and play on Sunday. So it'll be interesting today to see if they get this game in because I'm saying all that. A lot of guys came out of that bullpen last night that one day off would be a – a nice rest if it turns out to be two sevens. And I would certainly think two sevens would favor the Gamecocks with, you know, Noah Hall and Mahoney being your two starters in those games, if that would happen. Yeah, I'm pulling it. I've been, I'm with you. I've been watching this for the last couple of days. Um, and this morning it showed nine o'clock as to when it looks like weather would begin to arrive in Starkville, Coach. So I was actually kind of surprised by this that we hadn't maybe heard of an announcement to move this start up a couple of hours because it's kind of the um, as far as I mean I'm not a weather guy I'm not meteorologist Rob Fowler 
Sure. Uh, but um, but the last couple of days, it's been showing that it would be arriving late evening. So I thought, well, maybe they'll move it up to four to make sure they get it in. But they haven't announced that. So, um, yeah, I don't yeah, know, I don't I, know I, what they'll do. I kind of thought that might be, too. Maybe a TV game. Maybe they're locked in to where they don't feel like it. And to be honest with you, maybe Mississippi State thinks two seven-inning games favor them. They're the home team. So they ultimately get to make that decision. The league doesn't until you involve the league. So. I don't know. I mean, it's one of those that I'm sure they've got a reason that they don't move it up. So let's talk about the, the HBP on Cassis. And Monty said something, which is rare for Monty to go to Twitter and complain about something. If he's got something to say and he says it on Twitter, boy, he's, he's, he's hot. Um, I personally thought it was ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, the ball was up and in. It wasn't. First of all, the, the rules terrible. If you can explain the rule, that would be great. Um, if it's not, if it wasn't going to be a strike anyways, how can you come back and call it a strike? I don't understand that. And, but at the same time, you know, you're sending this to the league office coach. These guys are calling this based on a TV view, not the four dudes that are on the field. They're calling this at Birmingham, and they somehow determine that in his brain, while a 95 mile an hour fastball is headed towards his skull. He decided he'd just toss his elbow in front of it because he had plenty of time to think about, well, this will be the best strategy for me right here. What, what did, How much of that did you see? Can you explain the rule and kind of walk us through your thoughts on it? I didn't see it live. I was still in the game. I actually had Bobby Harden texting me trying to get a rule interpretation, and I'm at oh. a <laughs> high school baseball game, so I had no idea what he was talking about until I kind of looked. But I feel like with that rule, it started with good intent. It was like the four of us are sitting in a room. We come up with the idea. You remember a few years ago, and Campbell and a couple other schools were getting hit 100-plus times a game. They were throwing up once the Evo Shield guards were kind of new. So I thought it had a lot of good common sense, but it was almost like the meeting just never ended. So let's come up with this rule where, you know, guys, we got too many intentional hit-by-pitches. Ah, the heck with it. Let's just go on home and call it a strike It makes no sense no. that a pitch that hits you clearly out of the zone can then be called a strike. Now, if you lean over the plate like we've all seen, a knee up or an elbow in, and it's in the strike zone, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay, you did it on purpose, and, hey, it's a strike. It hits you 12 to 18 inches off the plate, clearly, at least maybe that high or more out of the zone. And, mind you, the guy standing behind the plate – says hit by pitch. So he didn't immediately wave his hands and say, hey, he tried to get hit or anything. So I I agree with you. I'm not really sure the setup. I know each week in the SEC they rotate crew chiefs to sit in Birmingham and watch the game. Maybe they've got a view that – and they do, that TV don't occasionally, but very rarely do you see that get changed. I mean, that's when you go back to – to that plate guy and you and and what's worrying me a little bit if y'all notice too they're not talking to the guys that made the call so i know that one guy stood forever with his microphone last night then didn't know how to turn it on at one point but they're not even asking the plate guy hey you know joe why did you say hit by pitch and let him say to them i felt it was clearly a ball it was inside there's no way it was going to be a strike and he was trying to protect himself that's why i called it and then you can say well we see it different that's fine. But they're not talking to the guy physically who made the call from what we're seeing. 
because they're not even letting them go in the dugout anymore over to the dugout like we used to do. So I, I, I was in disagreement with it. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was kind of surprised that Monty would get on Twitter. I know how this league is when you say boo about officiating, so I'm sure he heard about that. But, you know, that's that'll be point two when you're ready for me to go there because I got a solution for all the umpire issues. What is it? They need to have a press conference after the game like the coaches and players. Ah. I've always been shocked that in our era of accountability, we'll make a 17-year-old freshman sit in front of reporters and answer why or she, why they did that. And they're making thousands of dollars a game, guys. These guys are SEC umpires now. They're not working a day job and then hustling to the ballpark anymore. This has become their job. They're making thousands upon thousands each game and weekend. There needs to be accountability. At the end of the night, the crew chief should come out, just like Coach Kingston had to, and I'm not sure if Lamontis got to with an ejection, or a player, and just say, okay, we've got to ask, what in the world happened here and why was this call or why did you miss this call? I'm still shocked. You know, I guess in the 70s and 80s, we had a lot more respect for people in authority, but I mean (laughs) – this rule's not going to change. I mean, everybody in every part of society now has to answer, and we still protect these officials and keep their anonymity like their FBI informants. Let them come out and talk. <laughs> well, I, I I agree. I think we, JC and Phil, I think we've talked about this before. I think I've asked that question. Why, why do these guys not have to answer to the media like everybody else? We're all just left speculating. But the coaches, you mentioned the players, um, and they just run off into the sunset. They're going to be right back out there today calling games like nothing happened. It's not their fault. Like you said, the guys on the field, they didn't make that call. The the, the league office did. So, like, I don't don't even know. Why why are they doing that? What's the point of going to Birmingham? They're in Starkville, Mississippi. Why are they going to Birmingham if you're in Columbia or Lexington and you have to play league games and there's a challenge and it's a league, it's a league game, it goes to Birmingham? Why? I, I What am I missing there? I think they did it mainly, in my opinion, to take the argument out of it. You can't even argue now. Then be. When the video review began and say J.C. was the guy that had to go look at it and came out, you could actually ask him, dude, what did you see to change that call? They gave you that ability. A few years ago, they wanted to eliminate that, so they went to Birmingham. If they walk out of there now and say safe or out, you really, unless they just have common sense, aren't allowed to even ask them what happened without the possibly being ejected. So the way we thought as coaches is it was one more way to protect somebody and hold all the coaches accountable. I mean, when's the last time we heard about an umpire getting fired, to be honest? But we hear about it with coaches all the time, and that was very frustrating rule for us as coaches. That so we're not even going to get explained without the threat of an immediate ejection for asking, and that's why I think yeah. they did it because you said it. They're looking at a lot of the same views we are. And last night, I think we'd all agreed if they'd have made us look at that one. Hey, that's a hit by pitch, or at least it's a ball. It's not strike three. So, yep. I, I I agree. And sorry, Phil. Were you about no, to- I was just going to say. I think you know. And what amplified the egregious nature of the reversal was, you know, you come up the 
Mississippi State better. I think first up got hit by a pitch that was even less, you know, errant throw than the one that we saw, <laughs> you know, Cassis dodge. And then he gets, you know, first base. No question. No review. Off you go. <laughs> no. And that's because it was a breaking ball. And they know that, you yeah. know. So, well, so, but you kind of rolled it. So, Limo got tossed. And I don't know if you've ta- I don't know if you've talked to him or or what. Um I don't blame him. You know, I, I'm sure coach, you 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 have so much history of being a head coach. I'm sure there was a a a pressure point in him somewhere that was like, now's the time. It's gonna maybe it'll get these guys going and because we can get off the schneid. I'm sure the other side of it was, oh my God, I can't watch this crap anymore because these guys behind home plate are terrible. You know, the third inning. They call it here, the fourth inning, they call it here. We saw it at the Citadel the other night. And, you know, these umpires, I don't mean to get personal with them. I'm not trying to, but they really aren't good. I mean, I don't know what's happened, but I feel like it's just gotten worse. And zones move around from time to time. I have no problem saying this. I think Cole Messina was struck out before he hit the home run. Um, and entering or two prior, though, Coach, you know, uh, Eli Jones did struck out a guy that they didn't call, and then they line a single in, in, in the center field or wherever it was, and State scores a run and ties the game at one. So I'm not going to say they're costing run, any team's runs because you still have to execute the next pitch. That's just your job as a player. Can't let it affect you. But it, but just watching Lemo, you know, when he got tossed, I thought, yeah, I, <laughs> I can see that. And I'm kind of surprised Kingston isn't with him off having a beer somewhere. Um but it, just kind of your evaluation of uh, of what he did there, because JC made it said something earlier, and he, I don't think he said it wrong. You know, Mississippi State kind of plays with a little bit of, of a chip on their shoulder, and maybe you could help us understand. Even though they've been struggling, they're going to take on the personality of their of their staff, and that that's very much limo. Yeah, I, I had said it to some people this week, and, and first of all, with limo. Limo and Dan McDonald, two of my best friends, but their teams are very similar. They're just like them. They're, they still have that citadel mentality of you think you're better than me, so I'm going to show you. And their teams have. And that's why their teams have had a lot of success. But I think this last night was really a case of they're in the corner. They know it. They know how many SEC games they've lost in a row. Believe me, Mississippi State fans are like South Carolina fans. There's some fans showing up there now just to yell at them. You know, when they, that's their whole goal of coming to that game. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure that you start to feel. And and I was watching the game when uh, Cole hit his home run, and you see Limo bust his clipboard in the background, so you know it's coming. I'll be honest with you, I thought he would have got a little more heater. I thought he would have gone on the field and almost went an Earl Weaver-like to really get his team and try to really get the crowd. So I was kind of impressed by him keeping his cool as well as he did. But, you know, on the umpires, and believe me, some of them are, are some of my best friends, they just don't do the plate a lot. I mean, those yeah. minor league guys, think about it now, they do the plate every other day. Yeah. So they're yeah. constantly sitting back there looking at balls and strikes. The guys that have got to this elite level of college baseball, they probably do one plate game a week. Right. And that plate game is Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. When they show up to do the midweek games now, they've got enough, whatever the term is, that they umpire third or they umpire first. They don't climb behind that plate like minor league umpires do. And these guys are now major league umpires think they do one every four days. 
every fourth day you're doing the plate. And those guys do a lot of simulation stuff. They're going in to, to work on that part of their craft because that's really what gets you graded. So I don't know. I hope college baseball, with the way they're paid now and the way everybody's lives are dictated, I sure hope there's an evaluation system going on more than just looking at the TV game and maybe a track man occasionally because I'm telling you all, there's a lot of money being paid for these umpires and I hope that the accountability increases because I know it is on the coaches. And that's why I feel like a limo last night. Yeah, he probably just reached his point. That, oh, man, what else can – where South Carolina seasons to this point's kind of been, holy cow, that just went our way. Limos, and I talked to him twice this week, it's been what else cannot go our way? So you start to woe is me, and then you get that missed call right there on a really good hitter, and you're going, holy cow, what can go against us now? So, just a big moment in the game for sure. And uh, we d- definitely need to make sure we actually talk about the baseball team themselves because th- 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 what's going on right now really is unbelievable. I do want to, for those that don't maybe know this connection, I want to make sure we point it out because these are just amazing humans and they deserve this. Uh, Scott Foxhall, who's the pitching coach for Coach Lamonis at Mississippi State, uh, from Greer, South Carolina, played at the College of Charleston and, and coached at the College of Charleston. He was the pitching coach when Monty was playing at the College of Charleston. I was lucky enough to be the bat boy on that team for four, three or four years, and that's how you know my, my connection started with all those guys um, under Ralph Civitary. But um, it, is, it is so unique to, to turn on TV and see Monty Lee and Scott Foxhall coaching in the SEC against each other and I know you've known them forever coach Lake but um it's just a hat tip I think to the state of South Carolina and what it produces uh in baseball but most importantly in human beings because these are two of the best you you could ever ever find yeah I was fortunate enough I, I Scott and I are the same age so we played together in summer leagues as I was at Charleston Southern him at the college and then we coached together uh with John Pulaski so I was with him one year when I was at the college of Charleston for moving on to Ole Miss and there's not a better team. I mean, it's really not. And as I was watching the game last night, as our kids, you know, Hayden's sitting there beside my son, and it's late in that game, and he just said, man, Coach Foxhall looks tired. Mm-hmm. And he did. And it, I've been there. I was on Chad's staff in 17. I've been a part of some staffs here in the last few years where it really does take a toll on you. And it is hard as a friend to watch guys go through it because you know how hard they're working. And you know, as Scott told me on the phone this week, we think we're going to get two of our guys back in the next few weeks. We're not going to have them this weekend. So they lost their closer and their number one, you know, at the beginning of the year. He said, but we got to find a way to keep our head above water. We can't go 0-9. We can't go 0-12 and and think that we're just going to then cruise back into the SEC tournament or make a regional. And with the pressure and the money now in college baseball – I mean, we're talking about a team that won national championship, you know, not just just last the other year, two years ago, is under that tight pressure. So I know how I feel. Who's Ole Miss have this weekend? Who are they playing? They you know, there at A&M. I can't believe that they are combined 0-13 in the league. I, I That – wow. Um, okay. So Carolina's 7-0, though. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 never happened. The 2000 team didn't do it. None of the World Series teams. You know, it, it's amazing. They're seven and zero. 
they're they're finding ways to win, coach. Um, I think some people are still. Oh well, yeah, but you got LSU coming up next weekend. We'll find out what they're all about. Yeah, well, but they're seven and zero, and you lose games in this league. It, this game, it, it, it's so hard. Um, and now you have an opportunity to go, maybe, maybe, maybe sweep another series. What, what's you're a baseball guy? What, what's going on here? Well, I can tell you, going in, and I learned this from Coach Tanner, and I, I worked. I went on to Ole Miss and did it. Your goal is to win 15 games in the SEC. If you win 15 games, you're getting in a regional. Y'all know the only team that won 15 games and didn't get in a regional. It was our 99 East champions, and they took 15 from the West. But since then, it's never happened again. Also, if you can win 14 games and have a good RPI, and I would say right now number three in the country is pretty good, you're probably going to get in too. So, you start to do math as a baseball guy and go, all right, so if I can get to 15, I'm pretty much a lock, and I'm at seven. So now i got eight games with – you start doing numbers. So, yeah, next weekend with LSU and Florida, all those are huge games, and you're trying to win the SEC East or overall. But in SEC baseball, you're just trying to get in a regional because that is what gets you to Omaha. You don't get Omaha with an SEC ring. I know that for a fact. I got them. I don't say Omaha on the other side. You get to Omaha by winning regionals and super regionals. So this team is setting themselves up incredibly well to be a postseason team. And that's the ultimate goal. Because to be honest, we all feel great on March 31st about how we're playing. But it's really going to matter how did we do in June. Well, if you're not in the regional in June, we're talking about football. So (laughs) your goal is to get in the regional and never lose. Coach Tanner was awesome. We never talked about Omaha. When he says that, he's not lying. If it was brought up, he would get mad at whoever brought it up because our goal was postseason, get in the postseason. We all knew that meant Omaha, but our goal was always win 15 games, get in the postseason, win 15 games, and win in postseason. And that's where I would be right now with this team. They got a lot of great things going for it, and it seems like they're figuring out, like last night, ways to win when you don't have your best night. Every time you win, y'all remember the old movie Major League? You're taking one of those little, you know, things off the owner. Hey, this is <laughs> – don't, don't get ever get wrapped up in your RPI, your rank. You get wrapped up in getting in the postseason. That's what this team – that's what – that's all I would be thinking about with this team because you might have one of the most special seasons ever. But at the same time, I was on that 2002 team. If it don't end in Omaha – the story don't end well. So you want to just keep building and building and building as we make our way through the next, you know, two games a night and next seven opponents and then the SEC tournament. And and then that's when it's cool. When you hit Memorial Day and they say your name, especially when you're hosting and they say your name. Yeah, you said you hit the nail on the head two weeks ago. Last year, Kyle Peterson said Tennessee might be the best team he'd ever seen. They didn't get to Omaha and Ole Miss was the last team in and they won the World Series. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's you can't explain it in this sport. My, my final quick question to you, obviously Sanders more than likely getting the weekend off. I guess there's a slight possibility we could see him, but it doesn't seem likely at this point. Uh, do, do you any evaluations on what you've seen out of him and, and what this week might do for him moving forward? You know, I was I like y'all. I, I was surprised when I saw he was out of the rotation. I thought the rotation may move in a sense of who's going where. And it makes sense that it didn't really, too, because it was a Thursday and not a 
typical Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Will is just a – we're very close. And he's a guy that I was part of recruiting, got to coach with. And as I texted him yesterday, on, it was his birthday yesterday. So I texted him yesterday. And to be honest, what I text is happy birthday. And remember this from an old guy. God's got bigger plans than we can ever imagine for ourselves. So he texted me back immediately, said, thank you. Coach, all I want to do is get three wins here this weekend. And I believe him. So I, I have no doubt. You know, he'll be – if they use him in relief, he'll be ready. If they don't, he'll be recharged and be ready to really – be a part of this staff, I feel, as they move forward as well. He's a he's a unique, special kid with a lot of talent. Well, and probably a future first-round draft pick as well, uh, and uh, certainly look forward to that. But hopefully they get win number eight tonight. It would also be win number 26 on the season if they can pull it off at the dude in Starkville where um, Friday night is happy hour in the state of Mississippi. And we know about 10, 12,000 of them show up to watch baseball. So uh, looking forward to that. Kind of like last night at LSU, 13,000 people in that ballpark on a Thursday night, 13,000. That was a good game. I don't know if y'all flipped over to it, but uh, it's a pretty cool game to watch. And amazing. That's the biggest crowd ever there. Crazy. In all the history of that program. Yeah, and that dude for LSU throws 100. And we're going to see him next Friday night or next uh, Thursday night in, uh, in Founders Park. Yeah. Coach, thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And uh, we look forward to uh, to getting with you next week uh, in the middle of the LSU series, as a matter of fact. Well, I look forward to it. I get to do it on TV next weekend. So uh, oh, that be exciting to get to see them kind of live in person. Be cool talking to you all on Friday about what we just saw. No, yeah, I can't wait. I'm coming up Friday, so I'll, I'll come up and see you. Awesome. Should be a huge crowd at Founders next week, too. I I'm going to be honest. Pack I it don't in. Know if, Jason, I don't know if we have any tickets left because y'all know I work in the Gamecock Club and the ticket office is beside us, so everybody thinks we just have free tickets, you know, laying around in here. <laughs> we don't, and they are, it is down, I think, to standing room only, and that was wow. as of yesterday. Yeah. So I think it's going to be an incredible environment. You know, Founders next Thursday and Friday. So two night games before the uh, noon game on Saturday. Sweet. We'll just come on down and put a seat behind you in the box there, Stu. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'll come in the back gate. They'll never know I was there. Uh, Thanks, Coach. Yes, sir. Thank Thank y'all. There you go. Stuart Lake. All right, 1144. uh, Timeout. Sawyer Nicks up next. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. 
Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The sideline is picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John. Talk about how they can turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat for the summer. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Cindy will be happy to take your call at 864-414-5271 to talk about all your upstate residential real estate needs. And we're joined now by Sawyer Nix for another edition of The Mental Edge. He's coming to us live on the McKellar Enterprises guest line that we have been burning up as of late, which is one of the reasons why we apologize for having to bump Sawyer <laughs> for two weeks in a row. <laughs> but we're happy to have you in here today, man. How you doing? <laughs> doing well. Like I said, I, hey, I'm a, a utilitarian player, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a role player. I can, I can float and plug some holes and uh that's nothing wrong with that so. right on. yeah got you got your dh in one day and playing in the right field shortstop the next uh, all that good stuff all right so when you're undefeated in conference play and uh, you're winning like the baseball team is uh how hard what would be your advice uh for the, the players and, and everybody involved really to stay locked in uh, and, and kind of capture this and uh, let all this success, because inevitably you're going to lose, but to, to let the success kind of sustain you uh, when times do get maybe a little hairy, uh, you know, to kind of reach back and say, well, hey, hey, this is what your mindset was here. Um, you know, here's how you recapture that or here's how you uh, continue that. Um, you know, uh, as you move forward. Well, I think JB mentioned, you know, the baseball gods have, have been on the side of the Gamecocks. Certainly I watched uh, the game last night um, and then the past few. 
the Gamecocks have not been uh, having a whole lot of uh, mercy rules lately. It's it's been you know we had some of those versus Georgia and earlier in the year, but versus uh, you know Missouri and uh, that was that was not the case. There were some neck and neck games. I mean, it came down to the ninth inning and then extra innings. Uh, so this idea of oh you're you're just skating along, everything's swimmingly. No, you you had to come back in the ninth to win one game, um, and then you had to go into extras to win another. So this idea that they're just on fire, maybe record wise, yes, but performance wise, eh, I mean they're doing what they need to do to win, which is the ultimate bottom line. But I think one of the things is all right. You know, we still have ways to improve, ways to be more consistent. And, and that's the name of the game. I mean, it's being consistent with whether it's their approach to batting, approach to hitting, uh, field, defensive play, pitching, just being the most consistent they can be. And when they do that, over the long haul, you're going to win a lot of games. You're going to drop some games, as you mentioned. You're not going to win every game. There's going to be some games where you make a few more mistakes or the bats are cold or the pitching, you know, you don't get some calls. You get an umpire that's, you know, not necessarily in in your corner. And those things are going to happen. So I think it's preparing for those. So I think part of it's knowing that those things are going to happen, that that something's going to happen, but focusing on just being consistent in in the smaller details day-to-day and game-to-game. And then you hope that you're there in Omaha to compete when it ends. I, I think one of the things that is um, <clears throat> that in sport is there's two ways to explain this, but they all wrap into into one product. I, I you know, grew up playing baseball, so I, I always reference this much much more. But it, how teams take on the personality of their coach, their their head coach, their staff, but but they also have their own personality individually. The players do. I mean, you're not trying to change a kid to be make him become something that he's not. He has to be right. who he is. But um, but like last night, you know, watching that ball game, I mentioned to Coach Lake. You know, you know, limo gets tossed. Um, mm-hmm. That team, regardless of what the record is, they're going to be just like Coach Limonis. Coach Limonis is very fiery. He was, and so you you. Whether to win and lose, whatever, that's just him, you know. And and he's offset by Coach Foxhall, who's like, steady Eddie. <laughs> um, but I've just always found it interesting how you get a team collectively to take on that personality, but yet they all have individual personalities. And then at the end of the day, it either works or it doesn't work, and then you got to go back and figure out why. Yeah. Well, I guess in in football, it's the big culture word, right? And I think that's the the team and the the staff of taken on and even the players have taken on the culture of, of coach Beamer and what he's done. And, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with kind of what you're saying that that's, that's why coaches are in the position that they're in. Sure. It's X's and O's and recruiting, but it's, they're the leader of the team. You know, they can't hit and bat and throw, but they're, they are the leader of the team. Uh, so that, I definitely agree with what you're saying. All right. So does Carolina win by 40 points tonight against Iowa? Oof. No, I don't think so. No, no. I, my, so my <laughs> prediction is that Caitlin Clark is going to get her, her – she's going to get her opportunities, but I believe the defense is too good. Uh, they're going to take care of the rest of the team. So good player, if she really is as good as they say she is, which, you know, is uh, she's good, but how good, we're not sure. 
but if she's as good as most people think she is, she's going to get, she's going to get some points. She's going to get her shots. She's going to get her opportunities. But I feel like team versus team, as a team, Carolina is going to beat Iowa as a team. Um, and that's without a doubt, and that's what I'm hanging my hat on. Is that what about the other four players on the court for Iowa? You know, that I'm not sure that they can compete with the Gamecocks. They they can't, in my opinion. Um, so it's going to be that's that's the overall theme is the Gamecocks can't shoot themselves in the foot, as Keith Alsup has, has said. You know, they can't. They the only reason they lose is the the Gamecocks messed it up. And so that's that's. I don't know what the points are going to be, but I, I have them win the whole shooting match, winning tonight, and then winning on uh, was it Monday? Uh, so, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, J- yeah. I think JC, JC, was it you at the top of the show that thought that this wouldn't be particularly close tonight? Was, I think Carolina, you, uh, for the reason Sawyer stated, they're, they're going to wear them. I mean, I you look at Maryland, who played pretty well. Um. They were dragging Couldn't. second half. Too much yeah. depth. Too much depth. I feel. Like, I, I think a storyline in this game, guys, is like kind of lumping your expertise in, Sawyer, is for two two years, uh, we talked about this other day, um, Phil and JC, that this has been a matchup that people in basketball and those particularly interested in women's basketball have wanted to see. Because you felt like one and two national players of the year, two different players, but Clark and Boston, everybody, you know, as the media does, you see this all the time, like, like um, in the Super Bowl, uh, it's Brady versus Manning. Well, you know, there's there's a hundred other players are going to play in the game. You know right. that, right? Right. No, it's Brady versus Manning. Like, I, I just wonder, Aaliyah Boss has been been there, done that. She's been around the block. She's won all the awards. She's won the national championship. She's won all this stuff. But Caitlin Clark hasn't. So I just wonder mentally how she has, you know, absorbed this week leading into this matchup with all the hoopla surrounding the game, but surrounding like her and her individual awards versus Aaliyah Boston. Yeah, I haven't followed her too much, so I, I can't speak to her individual mindset and her approach. But I, I would suspect that she's she's looking forward to it. This is her opportunity to show who she is, and certainly circleize the the crowned defensive team of the world. I think whoever said that ESPN right is you know is the best uh, defensive team ever. You know, and certainly the stats do bear that out to some degree. And so is a, is a good player. Good players or great players, great players, great players look for that opportunity. They want the challenge. Uh, great players want that. Yes, I want my shot against the the best of the best. And so if it, that would that would be her mindset is, is is I want the best of the best. And well, that's what you're going to get tonight, sweetheart. You know, you're going to get the best of the best, and <laughs> you're going to have your opportunity to show out, or it, it's going to go the other way, and we'll find out. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere tonight. Uh, Iowa has a large fan base that travels, and you wouldn't think of Iowa being close to Dallas, but it's really you just go straight down, I think, I-35, straight through the middle of the country to get there. And LSU, I think, is going to travel pretty well. The Gamecocks bring (laughs) a lot of good fans. And and, and the Hokies travel, I mean, in other sports at least. I mean, Virginia Tech shows up. 
Uh, and uh, I read the other day, women's the women's Final Four tickets are more expensive than the uh, men's. Uh, but in fairness, you're talking about a 20,000-seat arena uh, in Dallas, home where the Mavericks play, hosting the women's as opposed to uh, Reliant. I think it's, is it still called Reliant Stadium down in Texas? Uh, where the Texans play in Houston, 60,000 people. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's kind of a, a, you know, I don't know if it's misleading or not, but it's the first time in history. So I, I think that atmosphere is going to be huge, Sawyer. And, you know, it, it's probably going to be unlike your kind of run-of-the-mill games that Iowa women's <laughs> basketball has played uh, through the years. You know, the Gamecocks obviously have the best home court atmosphere yeah. in the game right now. So uh, I think, I think that the moment uh, and, and then on top of everything else with, you know, the Gamecocks, obviously are the defending national champions that they can meet the moment probably better, you know, mentally than the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I, I agree. They've, they've had more opportunities. Certainly uh, I would say the SEC certainly has its, you know, its followers. Um, and, I, and I don't know as much about, you know, the teams that Iowa's played this year. So, but certainly South Carolina's, they've had, they've had more uh, exposure, I guess is probably the right word uh, in terms of pressure games, in terms of being in the final four, in terms of uh, big crowds and, and things like that. Um, I think Mississippi earlier this year was a good, uh, a good kind of showing for Mississippi and in, in hanging with the Gamecocks. And that was a, that was probably a raucous crowd for, for women's basketball when the Gamecocks were on the road. And so uh, I think the Gamecocks are going to be prepared. Uh, no doubt. I think. All right. According to what is this? All right. Uh, vivid or not vivid. Um, what is this ticket? Vi- yeah. Vivid seats. The cheapest ticket available for the game, for this, for the Carolina game. Oh, no, no, for the Final Four. So when you buy a ticket, it gets you into both games tonight, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the cheapest ticket is $212. The most expensive ticket is $3,020. Jeez. (laughs) I mean, and that's a resale ticket. You know, that's probably some Joe Schmo trying to make some money. Right. Yeah. I I bet there's a lot of purple and gold. A lot. And, you know, and look, the Big Ten, one thing people don't realize about Big Ten fan bases in all sports, they travel. They're, th- those, all those schools, with the exception of Northwestern, are huge land grant institutions with 50, 60,000 students and alums everywhere. Uh, you know, we saw that when Carolina played Iowa in the Outback Bowl back in 08. I was there. Iowa had as many fans as the Gamecocks. So, mm-hmm. um, I think they'll travel. I think LSU being there just because of their proximity to Dallas. I mean, from, from Northern Louisiana, you can get to Dallas in an hour and a half. So uh, I, I think, I think, I think there's gonna be a lot of purple and gold, a lot of black and gold and a lot of maroon and orange and garnet and black as well. But it's uh that's interesting that these four fan bases who in other sports are really, really good. And, and Carolina's of course, second to none in women's basketball, but, uh, that's interesting. Those tickets are becoming such a so, hot commodity. Well, and it's it is sold out. The only thing that's available yeah. are uh, resale tickets. Yeah. So, yeah. Hats off. Hats off to uh, women's basketball for what sure. they're achieving. And seeing Don Staley and Kim Mulkey and, and this is this is the stars are out this weekend yeah. in Dallas mm-hmm. for women's basketball. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, Sawyer, man, we really appreciate it. Hope you have a wonderful weekend pulling the Gamecocks through. We'll do. I'll be watching. Uh, 
basketball tonight and hopefully Sunday. And also uh, encourage everyone to buy their Carolina Rise uh, tickets for the event. I bought mine for Thursday in Columbia. I'll, I will be there. And also I need to get with uh, each of you to figure things out. But I will be purchasing a ticket to give away for a, a giveaway. So nice. uh, we'll kind of figure that out, how to how to work that out. But uh, to our to our Listeners and followers, uh, keep watching the show, and you'll have opportunity to win a ticket to the event. That's awesome, nice. man. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's great. Hey, man. Thank you very much. All right. All right, brother. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks. See you all. Mm-hmm. All right, Phil. Uh, take us home, Country Roads, where hour one is in the book. Hour t- books, book, book, gold jacket, green jacket, books. Uh, we uh, do have a second hour of this program that runs us until 1 o'clock, believe it or not. Yeah, and uh, JC is going to spoil the commitment of Blake Plank. That's exactly where he's going. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but there is plenty to get to in the recruiting side, so I'm going to go grab a drink, let JC talk during that. And um, I have a, I have a, I have some, I have some food stuff for you. That's some food yeah. stuff. Yeah, like food. you're not going to believe stuff. you're not going to believe it. Yeah, I don't know. This will be like a once in a lifetime meal. But if you ate it on like Monday, you're not going to eat the rest of the week. It's it's big league ballpark foods. You'll like it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. We are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something dot com. Tristan and those guys at a couple of painters all over the state of South Carolina, all over the state of Georgia, licensed and insured. And the best, and they're priced the best. And if you use them to paint, tell somebody about it because most painters that I find these days, let's put it lightly, are just not that good. But these guys are the best. That's why they're on here with us. A couple of painters, let me paint something.com. Hang tight, hour two coming up. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting. Nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox.
Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them. Talk about how they could potentially enclose a porch or a patio for you. Decided to go with a project for them. John Barber's been kind enough to offer $500 off your project cost if you mention that you heard it here. And my last uh, family birthday shout out until October. Oh, happy birthday to my <laughs> to my youngest daughter, Allie. Well, she shouldn't be she, listening, but she does know how to work that computer very well <laughs> and knows how to find daddy on YouTube. So, uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Allie. JC, I have already put this in my phone um, for next year and every year after. Uh, uh march 27th through the 31st is uh phil's family birthday week so we need to make sure that we um we get in touch with like a jump castle company or like maybe we need to get this thing sponsored right yeah maybe like an actual clown or like a something like that oh here no austin's Uh, got it yeah right here phil's uh, bank account struggling this month yeah Oh, by the well, way, guys, I got to jump off. I got a telehealth appointment. Uh, oh, I yeah, said that's it yesterday. Right. I forgot. I, I just remembered. Crap. Uh, so I'm going to jump off, but right. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves. Man, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is a killer show for anybody that's, uh, that's wanting to tell their friends and family. You never know when we might just disappear for 20 minutes to have the doctor tell us when we're going to be dead. Uh, so, uh, Best of luck to JC. And um, for those of you only tuning in for his thoughts on Blank Franks, uh, have no fear. We, it's, yeah. We're pretty sure he's going to come back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is how we increase time spent listening, y'all. y'all this is a ploy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. To hang around. That's right. This is, matter of, we should we screwed up. Because what we should have done was throw it to break and go, as we go to break, JC Sherbert. We'll have his telehealth appointment. When we return, we'll give you the results. Is JC near death or not? It's right here on Inside the Game show. Over under, he's got 40 years left. (laughs) (laughs) What you got? Place your bets now. (laughs) On the other side of the break, tune in to see if JC lived through the telehealth report. <laughs> oh gosh, man! They're really gonna—they're really gonna be um, the doctor's really gonna be wondering what the hell's going on when Schubert jumps in, and he's like—that's what I was gonna I, say. When was, I, wait a second, if you get bad news, I'm like, no, doc, my name's Schubert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got the wrong guy. <laughs> I don't have you down today. I'm on there. I swear. <laughs> yeah, that's the—that's the perfect way to get charged with another copay. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh, so 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 funny. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I will point this out. I meant to point this out with Coach Lake earlier, uh, as him and I are sitting here texting about something else. Um, but to his point, they found they found a way to win last night with all those runners left on base and the seventeen strikeouts. In the middle of all those numbers was the fact that your top two hitters, Wimmer and and Cassis, one and two in the lineup. Or over eleven with yeah. six strikeouts and nine lobs. So of the fourteen left on base, your top two hitters in the lineup left nine of them out there. Of your seventeen strikeouts, they did it six times. So that's a third of those, and they also didn't have a hit in the game. 
Right. And they still won. So if they would have gone like one for 11, game would have been like 38 to three. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. We, we wouldn't have been up so late watching that game. <laughs> no, exactly. We could have turned it off. Yeah, yeah. Man, I tell you what. Well, that's what made the hit by pitch debacle so bad, too. Because here you are. You're loading the bases at that point. <laughs> You know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, let's roll. Let's just blow this thing wide open. And then, no, momentum killer right out the gate. Well, and I did want to, I wanted to see King come out of there. I wanted to see dirt kicked. I want, you know, but there again, it's like you pointed out, you're not, you're not talking to the guy that made the call. You know, I mean, you can't be that upset. What are you going to do? You got to, you're going to, you know, dump the refuse over uh, Birmingham or yeah, Birmingham when you're flying home, you just got to empty out the uh, bathroom tanks. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, (laughs) look, man, I mean, I, I mentioned this to King uh, not long ago, a few days ago, maybe I, you know, I was like, Hey, the, I can't remember what game it was. We talked to Derek. So maybe it was after the Georgia series. Might have been after the Georgia series. And I had mentioned – remember this conversation I mentioned to Derek that it just bugged me that you could you walk out of the dugout to, to ask the umpire a question or – like there's a difference yeah. in, in arguing, okay? We've all uh, been around the block. Uh, we know what this looks like, all right? <laughs> you get guys who go all eight blank, and they deserve to get run. Half the time they're doing it to get run, all right? Mm. But then you – guys who come out to talk to you to not show you up well i'm sorry and this is where i have issue not all umpires this is not a one size fits all conversation okay but like where i'm having issues with umpires is now the shoe is on the other foot and it's a lack of respect slash showing up coaches because you come out and the umpire stops you and says, get off the dirt. You can't be on this other side of the chalk. Okay, man. Okay, I don't care what the rule is. I didn't run out of here like a bat out of hell. I'm coming out to talk to you. I want to get a ruling. I need to understand what just happened here. I'm not arguing balls and strikes. Some of them sometimes are. Believe it or not, they use something else to go out and say, just want to let you know that was a terrible call, but the only reason I'm out here is because you suck. Um, you know, and that does happen. Those guys get run, but nobody knows what they said, right? So there was a lack of so there was some respect in that. Yeah, they, your coach walks out and he tells you you suck, but he didn't yell from the dugout. But now what you're having is umpires who are doing this and they're showing you up in front of thousands of people. Don't walk out here. You can't come out here. No, you can't do that. And I think the most disrespectful th- uh, thing, Phil, is what you said a minute ago. We Everybody is in the ballpark. The umpires yep. are in the ballpark. The coaches are in the ballpark. The players are in the ballpark. The call is made, this is going to be shocking, in the ballpark. And the big leagues do the same thing. They go down, they send it to New York, they get a call because they have all these, all these um, angles. I understand it. I get the angles. I get the TV. But at what point in time do we also allow the umpires who made the call to actually, you know, make the call? Like, yeah. Why not defer the- to them right. in that? And the other thing, JB, is 
I mean, look, how many baseball games did we watch with a single camera perspective last year? You know, hey, happy to have them on TV and all that. But, you know, there aren't, you know, 15 cameras at a college baseball game. I don't care what stadium you're in or how big it is. You know, it's not like MLB. It's not like the NFL where you got 100 cameras on the whole play and you get every possible angle. So what are you seeing in Birmingham that would – Trump, what the call was made on the field. It just, it, it, it's baffling. It's baffling. I, I think that, um, I think that, and again, I would defer. We had Coach Lake on earlier, and, and I obviously clearly am going to defer to these guys, but I think, Phil, personally, that it would be much better for the game if you want to review it, allow the umpires on the field to review it. Okay. If, if they feel like we need to get an extra look at this, we're not seeing it here, send it to Birmingham and allow them to chime in with anything additional that they could see. I have no idea why Birmingham should have more views than what you can provide these umpires. I don't think they should. But if that is the case for whatever reason that it is, or there's an additional umpire in Birmingham who needs to have a hand in making this call and you feel like it needs to get sent off, then do it. Now, what that what that leaves in play, and le- what what that leaves in place is something that I'm very fond. If any of you, seventy six, Bobby, Latte, Lance, Craig, uh, all you got, anybody, the thousands of people that watch and listen to this show every day, if any of you are baseball people and you think that the game is better without umpires and coaches being able to go toe to toe on a call, I would strongly disagree with you. That's yeah. what has built this game. Now, I'm not saying that we should just have it like we have all this technology. Don't worry about it. Just let calls get bad or let's not be able to change a call or fix a call. The the important thing is to get it right, right? Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. I understand that. But they got that call wrong last night. That's the problem here. So, Mm -hmm. like, why not allow the head coach to be able to come out and say, you're wrong. I can't talk to the guy in Birmingham. I can't call him in the middle of the game. Right. So, yeah, what are you going to do? Pick up the phone? Yeah, listen, yeah. you dumbass. You know, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like you made the call. They're asking. I don't blame Limo for asking. He had his catcher tell him something. I don't blame him for that. You know, hey, we need another look at this. Problem is, they got the call wrong. They didn't get the ruling right. So, like, there should be the ability for the coach to walk out and say, I need to talk to you. All right, I don't need to talk to Birmingham. All right, you made the call. These guys out here made the call. And I th- removing that from the game is horse crap. I, I don't agree with that. No, it, it just puts another layer of, you know, in between the poor showing on the field uh, in certain instances, even though it, this is the reverse of that and that they got the call right initially and then changed it to the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah Just well and, like, and, like, yeah, and then you there's no there's no recourse none there, and there, there will be none. no consequences there is no you know nothing is going to happen to whoever it is some unnamed person like uh, do we know who in well, Birmingham made that no, call no, no. and, and, and you never problem. will yeah because mm-hmm. we know the umpire's names on the field they put them on the tv screen they're supplied in every box score we know who they are mm-hmm. all right so 
But then the guy at Birmingham's <laughs> making the call. And Coach Lake, I agree. I've said the same thing before, not to sound smart. I, I don't think I don't even think it's very smart. Like I think it's kind of common sense in the world that we're living in. Like, why why can we put a 17 or 18 year old kid up on a table and tell him to explain himself, but we can't put a grown grown man up there and say, Hey, look, what what happened here? It doesn't have to be where umpires or officials are scheduled for a press conference every game. But if they are requested, somebody should be available. In baseball, it should be the crew chief. In football, it should be the lead official. In basketball, the same thing. You might not be requested. You might not have any media obligations after the game. But if you are, somebody's got to be able to answer the bell as to what the call was and why the call was made. And if we're not going to get that, I'll add this. I don't think I know Coach Lake didn't say it, but I'll add this. Unless you got like a Mark Kingston or I'm just use him or limo because this is what we're talking about. Let's say Kingston went up and sat at the podium tonight after the game and they said, well, coach, what happened on that call in the third inning? And he said, well, that guy, he is a big pile of horse blank. Fine him. Fine. I get it. Issue the fine. Reprimand him. Do whatever you want to do. But not allowing these guys to speak on officiating and umpiring is a joke. Like, if you're not going to let them come up and speak on their own behalf, why are you going to muzzle the coaches on it? Maybe you say the players can't speak on it, but the coaches, if they're asked a question, they can answer it. Now, if they if they cross the line, they get personal, they say something that's incorrect, fine. You know, you want to you have a talk with them, whatever you want to do. But, you know, how many times have y'all heard, and now that JC's back from his proctologist, like, how many times have you heard any coach out there in baseball, football, basketball, sit on the podium, fuming, burning up inside, and saying, I would really love to answer that question, but I can't because I'm going to get slapped with a $25,000 fine for speaking on officiating. That's horse crap. Yep. Like, yes, why? It is. Okay, well, if, if they can't speak on it, then somebody needs to speak on it. And by, by the way, I'm just using the SEC here, but not by virtue of your Twitter account. 72 hours after the call was made. It's just crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. That's why it was interesting to see Money, uh, you know, tweet what he did last night. I'm like, wow. I was too. Uh, that's, I was too. Somebody's going to get a talking to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean. But you somebody... know what? It, he was right. It, it's just, The rule is stupid the way it stands. Uh, that you, you, you know, I don't care how inconsistent that guy's strike zone was last night and for heaven's sake it sure was but there was no way even in his crazy strike zone that that pitch would have been called a strike <laughs> if no, it hadn't hit, that was, you know. the, the rules I, I agree with coach like i'm glad he said what he said because yeah. i did i did not say uh, what i said had no context behind it and it was poorly worded the rule was put in place from a good play from a good spot initially you know they were trying and i remember that this this was happening all the time you were having guys lean in front of pitches and and, and you, we were getting lost in, in the game, and they had to find a way to fix it. So we have to go back in time and remember when the rule was implemented and why that was the case. But, you know, there also needs to be some type of common sense with this. Like, you know, if you lean into it and it's a strike, it's a strike. If, if that happens to be strike three, so be it. Um, if you lean into it and it's a ball, well, then that, that's a that's a ball. If you lean into it but you actually didn't lean into it like what happened last night then it's a it's called a freaking hit by pitch and you send his ass down to first base so i mean i just don't really think this is that complicated i i, I just cannot believe 
that these things happen. Now, is this the biggest deal, story of the day? And what? And I'm getting all hot and heavy about it right now. It's not. I shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, it was. It was. It was not good. And in, in the zone, I when Limo got tossed, I was laughing because I know him, and I thought, well, good for him. Had they been winning a bunch of games, he would have stayed in the game. All right. Yeah. There was a pressure point that they hit it, and he had had enough. And Messina was struck out. That should have been a strike. Um, but it wasn't, and he had a home run. And it just happened to Carolina the, the inning before. So, um, anyway. That pitch All was right. low in the zone, wasn't it? Because that was where it seemed like he was missing a lot. Yeah, there the was. struck out Messina, I think, was like. He wasn't calling any of those down there. Yeah, but he wasn't getting any of that. None of that. Like if it no. was below your thigh, it wasn't getting called. <laughs> yeah, they, that, that's a strike by the letter of the law. That's a strike. And Eli Jones yeah. threw a bunch of them too. Hicks mm-hmm. threw one. Um, I, I remember four between all of these guys during the game. I'm sure there was a couple more, but like they just weren't getting a low strike. Well, and, and zones are going to be different, you know. And and that's what I love about baseball. Like I don't want you. I don't want him to go to the robot, but like. A high strike zone, that's going to affect a guy like James Hicks a lot. He's got to live at the bottom of the zone. That's just mm-hmm. who he is. A guy like Noah Hall, like he can't just miss upstairs the whole time. Those balls are going to get hit out of the yard. So you got to get a low strike, and, um, uh, you know, they weren't they weren't given that last night. But Carolina won. So, anyways. That's right. Um, JC, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and, and step aside. When we return, if you would do so kindly, uh, make sure, sh- you know, make sure that you let us know uh, – how long you're going to continue to be on earth with us. We'd appreciate that. Uh, but, <laughs> no, but, but, but before you tell us, before you tell us whether you're going to be dead in a week or not, we really need to know if Blake Franks is going to commit to South Carolina. That's what's important uh, on this Friday afternoon. So sure. we'll step aside uh, quickly. And when we return uh, JC's health update and blank Blake Franks right here on inside the game comes. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? 
yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms, broadcasting live from the Sinorama Studios, and we all eagerly await JC's mortality update. Okay, so, uh, you know, stuff these days is a little bit complicated, like simple stuff, and I don't know whether it's pandemic-related. I mean, people want to blame the pandemic, but it seems like... I mean, things are just so hard, like getting appointments to the doctor, right? So I do a telehealth because I have a prescription that has to be refilled every month, uh, and I have to at least check in to get it filled. Uh, so I'm, 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 you know, this month I'm kind of, I, I felt like I was doing the responsible thing and heading it off. And I call, they're like, well, we can get you in April 10th. And keep in mind, <clears throat> I've never had to wait more than two days, uh, you know, and that's a delay, you know, and I got to have this medication. So, they squeezed me in. The only time they could was at 11.10, my time, today. Uh, and I almost forgot about it, even though I mentioned it and set an alarm and everything. <laughs> so it got to be 11.06. I was like, oh, crap. And so I got it out there. Um, so, by, by the way, uh, Thomas, I think Thomas is who said it in the chat box. I, I know I need to quit typing during the show, uh, and I, I'm working on that. Uh, but as far as breathing into the mic, my microphone – sits a good foot and a half away from me. So I don't know that that's me. <laughs> uh, I don't know that it's Jamie or Phil, uh, but, uh, or maybe it's just picking, it's such a strong mic. It's picking me up. breathing. I, I don't know, but uh, I will work hard on my mic discipline. I know it sucks. Uh, and so <laughs> your, your criticism is uh, duly noted. Okay. And I understand that. Um, Thanks Thomas. Yeah, I appreciate the constructive criticism. I mean, I got a website to run and all, other, all kinds of other stuff. Sometimes I, I just get distracted because I've got all these windows up and I'm like, ah, I need Let's to see. respond to this. Phil, check and, your uh, schedule. Uh, we have a future reference. Uh, uh, 8, 8.30 on Monday morning, guys. Uh, Mike Etiquette Training with JC. JC, Mike Etiquette. Put that in the schedule right in front of anything else that could possibly come so, up yeah and as far as the breathing goes it's probably because it's like right here and i, I don't know i'm just sitting here breathing normally i'm just happy you're I'm, breathing after that like a, after right that i mean i was getting worried i mean like, yeah, yeah. breathe all were you, you want were you bent over in front of a camera or something like what was going on state <laughs> exam like it's not that kind of checkup oh that'd be funny vir- virtual <laughs> i did see long. something wondering okay insert there a virtual colonoscopy, and I'm like, wow, how does that work? How, how does what, that kind of, work? what kind of apparatus do you have to plug into yeah. your computer? Hey, 
to uh, place your phone on the floor and literally squat. plug in. What are you plugging <laughs> in to your computer? It's like this tube, and it's like, oh, how would you like to be the Russian that hacked? Oh, we're gonna steal all this guy's That's right. Oh my god, is <laughs> that <laughs> <Set> an ass? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, Lance Latte says uh, beer fixes heavy breathing. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, soon enough. Soon enough today. Soon but, enough. Uh, soon I enough, could take but... care of these Russian hackers. <laughs> Hack into my camera, pal. <laughs> it's like the it's like that movie, the Disney movie, The Black Hole. Oh God! <laughs> I can superimpose robots and stuff up there. You know, That's you right. get the you get the <sighs> the colonoscopy shot, but there's Maximilian. You know, the evil robot from that movie. That movie's terrible, by the way. It's not as bad as the Slugger's Wife, which got a lot of mention and run on our show yesterday. <laughs> so, anyway, speaking of, actually, yeah, so, I'll I'll hold my crazy ballpark food. Uh, until a little bit, but um, I don't want to miss this because I know that people want to know the answer. This is important stuff. You got uh, uh, Blake Franks is backed up to six thirty, right? Mm. On his announcement, yeah. okay. Yeah, changed Get, it uh, today. I think one to ten scale. How do you feel about it for South Carolina? Nine point. Whoa, nine or five. <laughs> what? Can you? Can you? I know you've written a lot about it, JC. Can you? It's not official. Um, let's work under the assumption right now that that's this is obviously, as you mentioned, going to be the case in about six hours. Walk us back to when he first came on the radar, and take us through this because the first time I, I, I first time I ever heard about him. Matter of fact, I think it was through you. You and I were talking on the phone, and you said yeah, he's a big Clemson guy, really heavy lean, going to be difficult for Carolina to pull off. But mm-hmm. my God pulling this thing off here how big of a deal is this what, what walk us through it and how big of a deal is it to be able to do so yeah i mean look, he's a solid three-star guy probably you know with uh a big senior year could move into that four-star range but uh you know you, you always heard about josiah thompson and cam pringle when you're talking about recruits for 2024 those guys have been on the radar for a while and of course have offers from everybody in the country that it, it, it's an unprecedented recruiting cycle in terms of having two franchise tackles like that within the state of South Carolina. It's just not a state that, you know, for every Alex Barron or, or Brandon shell or, or whoever, um, uh, you know, there's years where you don't have guys like that. Um, but uh, this is a it's, a, it's a big time tackle class. And then Frank's is kind of, you know, if it weren't for those two guys, he'd be the top lineman in the state. Uh, he's kind of a swing guy. He could play tackle. He could play guard. Um, he's powerful, uh, big, big time. I like his run blocking ability. And yeah, early on, um, Alabama offered him, Wolford offered him at Alabama, Clemson offered him, uh, Carolina offered him, uh, they offered him early, but they, uh, you know, they were behind. Uh, obviously Greenville high school is uh, right there, you know, in Clemson's backyard and South Carolina just sort of, uh, overcame kind of like they did with Marquis Anderson, uh, to be honest. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, when you when you look at it, it, it's 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 a it's a commitment that's you know very nice. It continues the momentum on the offensive line that Lonnie Teasley has on the recruiting trail right now. Yeah, uh, but incredible. those in-state wins, guys, uh, and they're not a lot. They're not a lot of head-to-heads anymore. Uh, back in the 
you know, you think back to the 2000s uh, when Tommy Bowden and Lou Holtz first got to Carolina and there, there was still a, a problem with hemorrhaging players out of the state to other schools, and that, that doesn't happen hardly anymore. Uh, Georgia will come in and get one every now and then, but uh, that both schools won't. Um, but uh, that's about it. You know, you think about some of those battles where just about every top guy, and there were more top guys in the state then. The state probably went 15, 20 deep, and most, uh, the vast majority of them were Clemson or Carolina, okay? Uh, that just doesn't happen. Uh, anymore. I don't know why uh, Clemson does not recruit the state as heavily as maybe they once did because they don't really have to, uh, or I don't think they think they have to. Uh, I think they have to, but they, they don't think they do. Um, and so there's just not that Clemson Carolina battle. Uh, and so anytime, if you're either school, you can beat the other school head up on a guy. Uh, I think it's sweet and it, and it speaks to what you're trying to establish within your own state recruiting-wise, and to get a kid from Greenville County that Clemson wanted, um, given all their success and things like that, I think speaks volumes. So um, that's off to Lonnie Teasley uh, and Sam and all those guys that contribute to recruiting of the offensive line at South Carolina. It is a team effort, but um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that it's, 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 it's yet another great offensive lineman uh, line prospect coming to Carolina, uh, and that helps, and, and they've got a bunch of them now. But it's also uh, significant in terms of that in-state battle you're perpetually fighting, um, regardless if there's a ton of head-to-heads or not uh, with your tribal. So let me ask you, that right now I've got two questions. Um, currently Carolina's at 11 in the 24 composite, 24-7 composite. Uh, his commitment probably hops him back into the top ten. I'm assuming. Um, we do you do you have a feel one way or another? I I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to word this without putting you on the spot. But do you have a feel one way for another if his commitment tonight would also be one of the unknown welcome homes? Uh, I think if it happens, it's probably safe to say it is. Okay. Um, okay. You know, with those things, you got to be careful because I know, I know. You got to kind of, you don't want to ruin the moment. But after the fact, I do think that uh, I do think that could be a strong possibility. So, okay. Yeah, I know. I, I, oh no, I know, man. And, and I, I, I apologize. I didn't. It was more of a fan question because I know somebody's going to ask it anyways. And yeah, sure. You know. Um, all right. So my next and, question. Yeah, and you're right. It does move them back up. They, they'll pass with the commitment of Franks, according to the, we have a, the class calculator on uh, 24/7 Sports that can calculate your team ranking. That would move them up past. They're they're 11th right now behind Texas Tech and Florida, and it would move them up toward Pittsburgh, uh, if I'm not mistaken. At that, Pitt's eighth. I don't. I mean, that's weird to see Pitt, <laughs> Pittsburgh at eighth, but uh, right now they're eighth. So South Carolina would go. Uh, up past Florida again, uh, back into the top 10 uh, nationally recruiting. And then, and we still have another uh, unknown welcome home out there from Coach Beamer. I think a lot of people feel like they might know who that is. So, with Cam Pringle already committed, and it, or is it Cam Pringle already committed? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, at this point in time, a high likelihood that Josiah Thompson is going to be on South Carolina's commitment roster at some point in time. Do you think that the commitments 
of those two young men did not did a little or heavily would influence the decision of Blake Franks? Or is that even a fair question? With, with Thompson and Pringle? Uh, well, it didn't negatively impact it. Uh, and I think uh, with offensive line recruiting, one of the really awesome things they do, uh, Lonnie Teasley and Sam Searby and, and all those guys that, that kind of work at it, um, they they tend to recruit like as a group. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, in other words, they're out there saying – they're not out there going, oh, we need – Pringle and Thompson as our two bookends. And, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have Blake Franks. They're saying this is the Great Wall of Carolina, right? And uh, we want you to be a part of it. And, and they kind of treat everybody equally, which I think is a good strategy because, you know, that that shows you the coaching staff's not really caught up in, oh, these guys are five stars, four stars, whatever. Um, they all, you know, want to be a part of it. And I think, honest, frankly, on the offensive line, uh, it is such a crapshoot. Because, uh, you know, like an old coach told me one time, if you sign five and three of them work out, that is a heck of a class. Um, you know, I think that collective effort, and, and, and it not only helps set the tone for your recruiting and, and wants, you know, is very inclusive and, 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 and doesn't really get guys sitting there worried about depth chart and, and, and numbers and all that because you're kind of recruiting them as a group. But I think it sets the tone for when these guys get there and become a, an offensive line, you, you hear the word cohesiveness a lot. Uh, I think stressing that togetherness and that cohesiveness from the start, as early as the recruiting process, uh, it helps down the road to pay dividends for what you're trying to accomplish uh, on the field once these guys get here and get enrolled. And by the way, I, I was uh, they will pass Pitt uh, by .2 points. So they'll move up to, what, seventh in the country, eighth, uh, if, they, uh, eight, if they get eight. Franks tonight. So they got an eight bump pit tonight. And Pitt has ten commitments. Carolina only has five. Yeah. Which would be six tonight if they get this in. I, I, I tell you what, man, I um you look at the twenty three class, you look at the Phil, you might have mentioned this here before. You look at the twenty three class, you now you look at the possibility of what this twenty four class could shape out to be. I'm talking about up front on the offensive line. You're talking about Marquis Anderson, who my, my understanding uh, is he's every inch of 6'4". Uh, you're talking about Babalade at 6'7", Shivers, or Shivers, I think, at 6'7". You're talking about uh, Pringle and Thompson, 6'6", and 6'7". You're talking about Franks at 6'6". I mean, if these guys can move, which can. all reports say they can, uh, you, were the, you were the first one that I heard publicly, uh, Mr. Schubert, last year, say that uh, the the young man, the Shivers kid who had originally committed to Vanderbilt and uh, decommitted and then committed to South Carolina, the word that you had received from very qualified, incredible sources that you trust was uh, this kid, don't look at the fact that he was committed to Vanderbilt. He, he's, he's got a shot to do something special. So my point is you look at the size and from what we understand, the mobility and the meanness of these all these guys and these two groups here, I'm not sure that we've seen that, maybe maybe ever, at least since I've been following recruiting to Carolina. And if they pan out, some, somebody probably won't, but if the large majority of them do, uh, you're going to see offensive lines that generally resemble what you see at Georgia and Alabama and LSU at South Carolina. 
No doubt. I mean, it, it, for creating a championship level program. <laughs> yeah, it, be good in the it, trenches. It, no doubt. Yeah, it's it's they got to develop, but you know, yeah, you're right. Um, That's incredible. And uh, if they get Josiah Thompson, let's just play. You know, what if again? They would move up to fifth in the country with seven commitments as things stand now. Now, other teams could get commitments between now and then, and, and it's different. And I'm a liar, but uh, right now, it's uh, if they got Thompson too, it would move them up to fifth. And, you know, guys, you know, Franks will be the lowest rated commit in the class. He's a high three star. Um, yeah, there's been years stars where that's are, been the highest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, so. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's shaping up to be a really good looking class. I, I know there's some specific needs they have to fill. Um, do they have not yet? But uh, it, it's coming, and you know everything you hear. I mean, I, I think Cam Pringle's elite. I disagree with our uh, our guys at twenty four seven Sports that have this philosophy that because the kids, uh, you know, and, and look, it, it's a sound philosophy if you're just blanketly, you know, if you're kind of on the fence about somebody. But there's some kids that are three hundred and forty pounds right now that can move that aren't going to lose a step. Those kids are the ones that like Cam Pringle that end up at Georgia and Bama and uh, nobody's, I mean, I think Georgia had like a 370 pound guy that was a five-star a couple years ago. Um, so I disagree that, that, and that's what's kind of holding his overall ranking back. Uh, but he's six, seven, three thirty. Then Josiah is more of the guy he's around two seventy, two eighty, with that frame that you bulk up. Uh, and he's good, you know. I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about Michael Smith, the tight end. Wendell Gregory is a stud linebacker for Marietta. We all know Mazio Bennett uh, was heavily recruited, once co- committed to Tennessee, another Greenville High guy. Uh, and then Dante Reno has probably one of the best arms in the country. So, you know, just with the little group they have now, I mean, it's it, it's a quality, quality bunch uh, and could end up being like one of those classes that uh, – we look back on and say, well, this is when it really got the talent level really started getting to that next level. Um, it's hard to quantify that now these days with the portal and everything else, because, you know, you're not, you're not just looking at recruiting rankings and talent coming in in a given class and then applying it and saying, well, and projecting it that way, because you never know how good these guys are going to be from the portal. I mean, you know, like I said, many times South Carolina beat Clemson last year because directly because of the play of a Wingate transfer, an East Tennessee State transfer, and a James Madison transfer. So, you know, uh, who, who knows, you know, really. But uh, as far as the high school recruiting goes and getting more blue chips on the roster, you know, this class uh, is another – appears to be right now another step forward uh, from 2022, which is a good class, and 2023, which is an excellent class. You know, this one could be even better when you're talking about players from the high school ranks. When will we see the uh, next rankings adjustment, JC? I know we just went through one, kind of like the first one for 2024, but when should we expect another? Uh, They do it along and along. Probably I would say the next time would be around June uh, because you're kind of in the middle of like spring Nike camps and Under Armour camps and stuff like that where – uh, traditionally, evaluators are out there, uh, and I, I know I used to stay gone from like March first to Memorial Day, uh, going to Nike camps uh, and Nike football training camps, Elite Eleven, things like that. And, and so, analysts are on the road right now. It's a very key evaluation period. I quite frankly wish they would not release rankings, uh, and, and you can't do it obviously because 
people want to see the rankings, right? Uh, at Rivals, when I was there, we didn't release rankings until like June 1st, heading into their senior year after we had gone across the country and Nike camps, whatever, seen people, gotten filled. Everybody has a, a firm offer list, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of, I'm old school like that. And I wish they would wait, but I, I feel, I think that to answer your question, that's, that's probably the next target date that they'll have, uh, for all of that. And I, and I'll say this too. It used to be, uh, more kids showed up to Nike camps and stuff. Now these days it's, uh, you know, they kind of half of them show up, half of them don't, but, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of the time frame with that. Amazing. Amazing. I remember when I was in school and they, uh, you used to see a bunch of these linemen. Um, gosh, some of these guys I knew, Hutch Eckerson and and all these guys that you, they used to. Remember when the the scooter craze, the scooters came out, and everybody was always riding around in all these mm-hmm. scooters and stuff like that. And you'd be like, that guy's six seven, three hundred, or six three, three hundred twenty pounds on all these little scooters. Now I'm picturing yeah. like all these monsters. <laughs> <laughs> riding around six seven, <laughs> riding a razor scooter. Six seven, like Michael Lynn here in the uh, in the Nanosports chat box. How big is Fugar? Michael, he is seven foot four, yeah. four hundred and ninety eight pounds. Think um, Thanos. He shoots fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his eyes. He he walks his car down the street. I mean, it's uh, like it's crazy. Uh, what the, what they're doing, but we do need to hit a timeout. Speaking of the, speaking of scooters, actually, maybe we should get them all. Maybe they make some of these bikes strong enough to hold a Sydney Fugar, or a, a Cam Pringle, or whomever else it may be. Electric bikes of Charleston uh, here in the in the Low Country, but everybody comes from all over the state, and they're they're on the beach, they're in the mountains, they're in the Midlands, they're everywhere. They warranties are better than anywhere else that you'll find. Aventon, if you know anything about electric bikes, you know about Aventon bikes, you know about Magnum, you know about Velotric. They have all those there. Gamecock owned and operated. And if you're not a student or not an offensive lineman and you just want to be like Latte Lance and cruise around and have a brewski or something, you can go up to 28 miles an hour. So, and 60 miles, 60 miles. That's a lot of beer. Make sure you check out electricbikescharleston.com. And whenever you head in there, you tell Michelle we said hello. We know some of you have got some tax dollars coming back. Maybe you're looking to spend it on something fun. Get out there with the family. This is a great place to do it. By the way, it's also the home of uh, of Charleston Fitness Equipment. I mean, you can get all kinds of stuff. And you should see the rowing machine, dude. You can row like 4,000 different r- lakes and rivers and stuff in the world virtually in this rowing machine. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, so make sure you check them out, electricbikescharleston.com. All right, uh, when we return, we'll begin to wind things down. Maybe we'll make some picks for the Final Four this weekend. And then I'll show you, speaking of electric bikes, why you would need to ride one 600 miles if you eat this meal in Atlanta. Yeah, if you're going to go watch the Braves and you get this and you live in the state of South Carolina, you might want to ride a bike home instead of getting back in your vehicle. For multiple reasons. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
The days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Daddy, I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Sheree, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox! Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, presented to you by Express Sunrooms, live from the Sinorama Studios. And look at that delicious monster back behind JB. Do you see this? Goodness. I'm going to be like a weatherman for a second. I'm going to have to run the east and take another cholesterol pill just looking at that. Coming coming from the west, we have waffles. Um, This is in Atlanta. This is called the cleanup burger. So you've got... (laughs) It's a burger? It's more like clean out. This serves... (laughs) It serves four people unless you're Sidney Fugar. It serves... Half of one. Um, it's got four all beef patties, hash browns, sunny side up fried egg, cheddar cheese, <laughs> maple wow. syrup, and hickory smoked Ugh. bacon. And they are meshed between buttermilk Belgian waffles. <laughs> Ended a lonely oh, 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 Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm, anybody in the low country understands what I'm trying. I'm trying to rob Fowler my way through this thing. Those they call those French fries, and they shove them in the middle, 
and then you got the rest of this crap. Would y'all eat that? No. I wish I had a telestrator right now. I'm just gonna sit. I'm just gonna sit over here. Uh, it's too sweet for me. I mean, I'm syrup. Doing their, doing their I couldn't do that. Syrup and and I don't do eggs on burgers. Uh, I don't. I know either. it's supposed to be delicious. It's supposed I to be like delicious. eggs on burger, but I don't yeah. do syrup on anything. Eggs. But like, so yeah, I can't waffle. do syrup and eggs. No. I'm a very even if I ate pancakes and waffles, I'm a very light syrup guy. Yeah, I'm more like but like butter on, on it. But uh, anyway, uh, would you eat that? No, no. Would you I take a bite? Would you t- try? It? I mean, I'd try it. You know, why wouldn't nah. I try it? Why not? Nah, that's too sweet for me, when especially at a ball game where I'm having beers. This is next with beers. Oh, I, I wouldn't even, pay for that. I could. I wonder how much it is. I couldn't eat that with beer. You would never. You'd explode. You'd blow up. I mean, it's like that's that's impossible. Yeah, that's I mean, twenty five bucks in the stadium. Got to be at least. About the only thing with bread I'll eat with beer is like a hot dog I at a stadium. That, Probably you know? so. If it feeds four people, oh, it feeds four. Oh, that's fifty bucks. Yeah, I bet that's yeah. I bet it's forty or fifty dollars. Like if you really think about it, that's not the, the list is on BustedCoverage.com. The thirteen best and craziest ballpark foods. Strawberry churro cheesecake at uh, in Oakland. So, if you're one of the three or four people that goes to watch the A's play this year, the A's they're just the there for the churro cheesecake. Yeah, the Bronx. <laughs> we're just here. The Bronx <laughs> burrito has fried fried. Have y'all ever had fried plantains? Fried plant. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've never the had them. Brazilian really Steakhouse has them. Yeah. Are they good? It's pretty good. South uh, American. Tropical grill up here. Yeah. Not bad. Eh, not not my cup of tea though. Here you go. Here you go, JC. In in Chicago at uh the Cubs games. You gotta you gotta go to a Cubs game though. The Quesa Berea, barbacoa, ah. Spanish onions, chihuahua, chihuahua cheese, spicy ancho chili ah. sauce. Those bunch of front runners, they don't have the Cubs can go stink it as far as food. <laughs> I've got the white dude. It's a it's a national holiday in Chicago when the White Sox new food menus are announced. Because let's just say the South Siders are a little more on the hefty end than the than the North Siders in Chicago, and then the, the Cubs are basically a tourist attraction anyway. No offense, Phil. Uh, <laughs> they're they're was, also en route to one sixty two and O this year. I'll okay. have you. Yeah, right. Shut the Brewers out last yep. night. Cubs Braves and so, LCS so, undefeated. So, so, just for example, the the White Sox new menu items uh, this year include an elote's corn dog, is which that? is a corn dog smothered in queso and topped with jalapenos with grilled corn uh, on top of it. The champagne of dogs half pound. Vienna beef footlong Frank served on a brooch bun topped with champagne, Vidalia relish, and habanero mustard. Vidalia That's amazing. Relish. Mm-hmm. The Belgian mm-hmm. burger, or the Belgian banger, half pound spicy Polish sausage, Polish sausage on a Bavarian pretzel bun complete with sweet orange caramelized onions, red cabbage slaw, and topped with crispy chopped bacon bits. Now that sounds good. <laughs> I mean, it goes on hot honey chicken loaded fries, bite sized popcorn chicken. Tossed in the sweet heat of hot honey barbecue sauce, served on a bed of French fries. Well, the Dodgers it have goes on and on and on. I mean, the, Do- the Dodgers have tempura deep fried cheesecake. That's worth a trip to LA, in my opinion. 
I'll I would try it in fried cheesecake. Absolutely. Like fried, fried cheesecake is pretty solid. With And you dip Probably it in uh, raspberry sauce. You got it. Um, how about the uh, it, in Texas? Did you all see that at the Rangers ballpark? The boomstick burger, two feet of chili cheeseburgers and onion rings. And Jesus. nacho Jesus. sauce and jalapenos, two feet <laughs> oh, of burgers, man. all in one two-foot long you got to be eating these in a box, right? Could you imagine carrying that stuff back to your seat? No, that's, the logistics <laughs> you know? are terrible. The <laughs> logistics scary. there would just be terrible, you know. I feel like oh, my awful. God. fifty. Here you go, Phil. $50 in Miami. 34 <laughs> inches long, two and a half pounds, roasted mojo pork, sweet ham, cheese, mustard, pickles, and a special sauce. That's a Cuban sandwich there, man. It's a, yeah, it's a Cuban well, here you go. I, I don't know much uh, Spanish, but I could probably figure this one out. Cubano gigante, 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 gigante. giant Cuban, <laughs> gigante. So uh, uh, anyway, my, Michael Fugar is six five three fifteen. He was came in at three twenty two. He's lost seven pounds. Just but just to kind of fill you in on that. Ah. But, um, Derek Scott has know. told me. The, I'm sorry, I'm not even paying attention anymore. I'm so dude. Clint has another question about um, – sorry, my headphones just went off. Lepid, uh, Derek Scott told me about this. You want to talk about yeah. front-running foods. That's what Derek told me about, the Skyline Nachos at Cincinnati. Ah, please. Oh, I can't say oh, the Skyline wait. Chili. Oh, wait, are, you seeing, are you seeing this in New York? Sunday Donuts Ice Cream Shakes. Ugh. Yeah, that that doesn't look appealing at all. That looks awful. <laughs> My kids would love that, but no way. Uh, give me a give me a beer and a brat, you know, like the movie, like Field of Dreams, like James Earl Jones. I'm simple. What it comes to beer and a brat, well, beer and a brat. Has anybody brat. shopped at Lowe's Foods? Does anybody out there shop at Lowe's Foods? Do you ever? Go I to did when I lived in South Carolina. They don't. No, have but I hear beer. you can drink beer in Lowe's, right? You can. Like, you, can. Have beer? you can have. Yeah. Not, well, you can not also in, get. Yeah. Yeah. You guys get hammered at the Harris Teeter on Augusta Road in Greenville. I'm assuming you've been I, I, I haven't been there or anything, right? <laughs> you can. Well, I tried to drink beer in like actual Lowe's one time and they asked me to leave. So. Oh, like Lowe's the home improvement store? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got any, that's why I got any dishwasher. <laughs> Quantrell says better which breakfast foods more elite waffle or pancakes. I'm a waffle guy. No, I'm a waffle yeah, guy that, too. That's that's unfair. I, you can't you can't ask that question, Quantrell, because you can't replace the Waffle House waffle with just some slap yeah. slappy pancakes. But then you go to Joe's Pancake House in Maggie Valley, and you're like, oh, I'm a pancake guy. So, JC, hello. You have to my in-laws are here, and somebody forgot to put up the dog. I hear God that. Almighty. Nice yeah, Friday, so man. You've been drinking. Just close it out, man. I'll mute my mic. Good. Rip. Have a yeah, great so weekend, everybody. I'm about to have to go deal. Look at that. Look, yeah. <laughs> If anybody is looking to adopt, JC's got a. Uh, if you've got a dog named Blue, what? <laughs> oh, oh my! Uh, thank what? the good Lord that baseball is back. Oh, uh, 
That's what you were talking about ballets yesterday, JC. I mean, JB, CB, hell, who knows? It's Friday. Give me a break. Oh, the- <laughs> That's the only reason I keep my XN subscription anymore. That way I can listen to the radio call every yeah. day. Yeah. I'm really, this is a conversation for another day. Um, maybe we'll get Corey McCartney on from Atlanta and allow him to give us some more info on it. But Major League Baseball is in a really good spot with players. But they have done as bad of a job as you can dream of in marketing their players and organizations to America. Uh, yeah. they've, they've been so concerned with marketing it worldwide that they have literally forgotten about how to do that here. The NBA's figured it out. The NFL's figured it out. The NHL's figured it out. We can't figure it out with Major League Baseball. You know, they can put professional volleyball on NBC, but Major League Baseball can't slip in there? Come on. They've, uh, they, they took they us for granted for too long. They screwed it up. So, But these guys have not screwed it up. Travelingcountryclub.com. Look outside. Next week is Masters Week. They'll present Masters Week all week long on our program. We'll be having some special programming Thursday and Friday for the Masters. This is when golf cranks up in my life. Oh, the Masters is back. Thank God. Mm-hmm. That's when you start playing a bunch. If you want to play a bunch and you want to play great courses in two states, this is what you need. Travelingcountryclub.com. This is I'm telling you. It is so, so worth it. It's awesome. I can't believe these guys even invented this idea and then decided to partner with us. Travelingcountryclub.com. All right. Do we miss anything, Phil? No. Right, two TV night covered all our bases. Yep, two TV night. Ladies tip off at nine. What first pitch at seven o'clock again? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Let's go. Let's rack up two more wins tonight. Uh, This could be a great day for the Gamecocks. Blake Franks will commit somewhere at six thirty. Carolina throws the first pitch at seven, and the women tip at nine, as Phil just pointed out. So, uh, Latte Lance will be rocking and rolling. We will all join him, hopefully, in what could be a great evening for That's right. Gamecock Athletics. Here's the good news. We're going to be here to recap all of this on Monday. We can't wait to do it. And as we mentioned, to also kick off Masters Week. So, for Phil and JC and Stuart Lake and Sawyer Nix, I'm JB. Have a wonderful weekend. See you Monday.